0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we watch Blizzard Entertainment very, very carefully because where they're up to stuff, man. You got to watch them. You got to just constantly watch them. Always vigilant, never sleeping, never eating. Your life just spent. Co- okay, don't, don't, don't go that far. I'm Matt. I'm the host of this podcast, and with me this week is my fantastic co-host, Ann Stickney. Who she's here every week, so good. Otherwise, it would just be me, and we don't want that. Ann, how've you been?
2: I keep getting like shades of disney's gargoyles for some reason when you talk about ever vigilant watching blah 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 when we live again
0: <laughs> da, da. i can't do too much oh that. Yeah. oh
2: the theme song for that
1: was so good i miss that series so much it was like everybody quit it was like star trek next generation ended so that gargoyles could come to life
0: it, it was a good show i mean i i remember it like Right around the time I was starting college, I think, was when it came out. Because, uh, yeah, Star Trek, it ended, like, I think a couple years before. But I remember like, watching it, like, yeah, say just, uh, just when I was in
2: college, Like, 92, 93, I think? The just guy before who played, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, yeah. and the guy who played Riker, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan and, Frakes yeah. um,
0: Marina, Sirt- Marina Sirtis was Marina on Marina
2: Sirtis, it. she was Troy. And then uh, Worf, and I can't remember his name, and I feel so bad right now.
0: Michael Dorn. Michael Michael Dorn. Dorn. Yeah. All three of them
2: did voices, did voices for the show.
0: Um, Not just them. Voice of Data, too.
2: Oh, did they bring in him? Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. That's right. They brought him in, too. So it was like, it was like Star Trek Next Generation ended so that this amazing cartoon done by Disney could survive. And I remember watching it, like, obsessively. We were so into that show. So into that show when I was younger. Anyway, um... We just got so completely off topic. <laughs> it's what fine. have I been doing? Um, not much in the realm of gaming because this weekend was like my death memorial and everything, so I was like dealing with that and everything, but now I'm kinda like oh, I can get back into video games again and I can start playing stuff that isn't Pokemon Go, although Pokemon Go has been very entertaining and it's like it's getting me out of the house. I think that's the big thing is like a lot of people diss Pokemon Go. And they're like, eh, it's just, you know, you walk around and collect things, there's no
1: point. No, there isn't really any point, but it does get you out of the house and walking around and talking to people because there's, like, this really huge community and town of people that I What's didn't know about. What's
0: the point of any video game other than to play a video game? I yeah. mean, come on.
2: Yeah, I have if learned I'm- so much about Pokemon over the last month or so of getting back into Pokemon Go that I did not know... Um in regards to, like, stats and what works against what and what they're coming out with and da 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 all this other stuff. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun game. I'm enjoying it.
0: I'm not going to talk about what I've been doing in games this past week because you just, we spent just the had a half an hour. Yeah. You just
2: spent the pre-show talking about stuff. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, yeah, if you guys want want to be privy to pre-show shenanigans, please note that if you support us on Patreon, we release the Uncut podcast along like, before we actually release the regular podcast we streaming. And that includes all of the pre-show, which is basically us rambling about whatever happens to be on our minds. And today it was Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Time Tunnel, a game for the Commodore 64. Anyway, I'm looking forward to getting back into World of Warcraft stuff because I've been too long, too far away. And I need to, like, buckle down and grind some stuff out. And I am totally in a mindset to do that now. So we're good. Cool. You get your flying. Yes, but, uh, Ugh, we please, probably... I, want, I, want the, I want the robot parrot, please.
0: <laughs> I want the robot parrot. World of Warcraft has enriched my life in many ways, and one of those ways is I've made phrases come out of my mouth like, yeah, so I'm floating around in my giant robot head. You know, these, these are things that I do now. But anyway, we should probably talk a little bit about them, their top stories out there, them in that world. Uh, I don't know why I suddenly started talking like a TV cartoon cowboy, but we'll move on.
1: Okay, uh, somebody of, say um, let's go. Yeah,
0: I don't know what happened, but anyway, uh, one of the things that's happening this week that I think we should mention is next week was going to be the the last stress test for the WoW Classic beta. And on the twenty seventh. They were planning
2: yeah. on doing it on the twenty seventh. No, no,
0: twenty fifth, twenty fifth, according to the uh, post. The oh, the twenty
2: fifth, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Nope. The twenty seventh is when it's coming out in August. August twenty seventh, so yeah. 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 But um this week they've they made a forum post saying We're still putting it out on the 27th of August. The game is still coming out. We're still on track, but we're not quite ready to do the stress test yet. So we're, we're putting that off. We'll let you know when we're ready to do it. And I mean, there's been, since this is the world of Warcraft community, there's been some forum upset and some people like, what's going on? Why isn't it being done? I think it's actually an okay thing because there, when I played in the beta, there was the, that beta was the smoothest beta I've ever been in. Like, there were not a lot of bugs, as you might expect because it's it's patch one point twelve of original World of Warcraft, which was a thoroughly play tested game. It's not like the few things that they're adding are stuff like Battle.net support and layering. so all they really need to test is will the servers stay up under load, and can this layering technology handle massive load like what can it can it can it take? a super overloaded server? What happens if we have, like, you know, we're, like, full to capacity? What what happens? That's all they need to test. So delaying the test just means more time to get more people on it. So I'm not seeing a problem here. I don't think it's a bad thing to delay it a little bit. I mean, if they don't get it before August 27th, then August 27th will be the stress test one way or another.
2: Yeah, so, and and I feel like I should point out here that it's actually a really... Good thing that they're doing this because if you tried, I was going to say if you played World of Warcraft on day one, but I'm going to I'm going to backtrack from that. If you tried to play World of Warcraft on day one,
1: (laughs) way back in the day, you know what happened? (laughs) They were
2: not expecting the amount of people that got this game. They were not expect. They were expecting that maybe they would get like a million players in their first year. And they got it in, what, like the first 20 minutes or something? Okay, maybe it wasn't that quick, but it was fast. It was way faster than they... They had not anticipated they figured, oh, we'll we'll just add servers as the year goes on. You know, as we get more people, yeah. it'll be kind of a gradual thing. They ended up adding all of those servers within the first, what? It was like two weeks or the something first week, like that? Yeah. yeah, I remember And then they one, had one to the... go get more servers.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the discussions was that they made the most optimistic, wildly, like they looked at the biggest MMO at the time mm-hmm. and said, Everquest.
2: okay. They looked at EverQuest, and yeah. EverQuest and was like gigantic, you guys. At the time, EverQuest was like the king The
0: biggest MMO that had ever been.
2: Putting themselves on the level of EverQuest was extraordinarily ambitious. And they blew that out of the water. They blew those expectations so far out of the water that, like, they added all of the servers that they were planning to add over the next year in that first week. And then they had to go get more servers because there were just too many people. So when they aren't going to do the stress test yet, when they're still doing internal stuff, what I am confident in is that they are working very hard at avoiding the same kind of chaos that happened day one way back in the day, you know? Um, Yeah,
0: and it's definitely a case of better that they test it and make sure that this stuff all works, (laughs) and if that means delaying... Yeah, they're
2: making sure the framework will hold up, They're, they're making sure that everything that they've been doing with the code because again, what they're doing here is something really weird. They're taking very old code and they're kind of smushing it into their new system and making it work and that theoretically is very bizarre that it's actually working but hey kudos to the original coders that worked on this game you know it's actually like coming together so yeah i don't really see a problem with them delaying the whole global stress test thing they'll they'll get it done when they get it done Um, i don't think that they're going to miss their release date if they do though it's not because the game's like unfinished or anything the game is finished it's just they need to, you know, shore down the server load and make sure that when they open the gates, those gates will hold up to the people that come rushing in.
0: Yeah, if we don't want to have any boats just appearing bury in stone, Talon, which is a thing that happened.
2: Oh, I remember... What was that? That was uh AQ40 launch. Yeah. Where if you mm-hmm. died in Silithus as a Horde member, you woke up in Westfall's graveyard for some reason on Kalimdor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a reason Captain Placeholder was actually in the game, guys. It was because the
1: boats would just, like, deposit you wherever (laughs) for
0: a while. There were some messed up bugs involving Mm -hmm. positioning on
1: boats. Mm -hmm. And they're going to avoid all of that. They're going to avoid all of that this time around. But, yeah, delightful memories of a super buggy game.
0: But, yeah, so we've got that. But uh, the the big news this week was mostly from Overwatch, which just kind of
2: dropped we, all their news okay.
0: yesterday. Yeah,
2: before we jump into that, before we jump into that, can I just say, Overwatch League just finished their Stage 3 playoffs,
1: and the Shanghai Dragons won. They won the whole dang
2: thing. I am so proud. I cannot even, like, okay. I just had to say something, because... Um, Shanghai Dragons, I was rooting for them all last season. They did not win a game last season and it was crazy and they came back this season and came back guns a man. Seriously. It, they, that first they lost 42 games in a row before they got a win and when they got that first win this season, I was so excited and I was really really hoping that they would keep keep up that momentum that all they needed was that first win and that would start them on that train of momentum of yes we can win we can play we can do this so yeah they won the stage 3 playoffs um they were playing against San Francisco Shock um i am i am beyond delighted about this and quite frankly i would love to see them in the finals i would love to see them win the whole dang thing i would love to see them yeah i i want to see them win the whole dang thing because that would be one incredible story to come from the first season where you lose every game you play and then come back the second season and win the whole thing i just i would be thrilled anyway um grass to the dragons that was well deserved you guys played amazingly and i am I, i couldn't be happier and that's enough about my gushing so,
0: no, you know, I personally think it would be interesting to see the inevitable bad news bear style movie about the Shanghai Dragons. So,
2: <laughs> and I know people are going to be like, "Well, you're really biased into that." Yeah, I am. I love these guys. I'm sorry. I do. So, yeah, we don't talk about Overwatch League too much on this podcast, but if you didn't know that I love the Dragons, I'm sorry. I do. So, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: deal well, speaking, with of, it. <laughs> speaking of whether or not we talk enough about Overwatch League, Uh, One big thing about the Overwatch League is this year they had three Homestead events, which is basically where they went back, where they literally went to an an arena in their hometown, because remember, every team has a town, and played live there in the town, and people paid money to go see them. All three of the Homesteads sold out.
2: Yeah, there was uh, Atlanta Rain, Los Angeles Valiant, and the Dallas Fuel. They all did the Homestead weekend series. So they basically... Um, they were like two day events, and a host of teams like took part playing away in special locations and It was really great and yeah, they sold out well, um,
0: Blizzard has decided going forward this to the twenty uh twenty season they're gonna have fifty two of them they
2: are they're not expanding. gonna have
0: three yeah we're gonna have fifty two home homestead events, so every team basically is gonna have at least one. And some teams are gonna have more than one. They 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 talk they still haven't figured out who's playing where or what have you. They this is still they know they're going to do it, but they don't know for sure exactly how. But in order to facilitate it, they've also created something new. Right now Overwatch has the Overwatch League has two conferences. They have yeah, the Atlantic they're, they're, and Pacific Conferences.
2: Yeah, they're breaking up the, the conference structure from two divisions to four divisions, which is kind of how it works with I don't want to say real sports. I should just say like most sports like you have, um, well, Major League Baseball, you have like the two major divisions. There's like and then and then within those divisions, you have smaller divisions. So like um, it's the way,
0: the The way I'd say is like the NFL, we have the NFL and the AFL. And the NFL has sorry like the NFC and the in the AFC. Yeah, the AFC plays. You know, some game. Some teams are AFC. Some teams are NFC. And then they have divisions within them. That's so there's the like NFC that...
2: West and NFC East and AFC West and A- or excuse me, uh, same thing. It's that same thing that happens, and and it's the same thing with the MLB. Like they have. They, a lot when i say a lot of sports like use this kind of particular format it's a lot of sports like major sports that use this format so when o- overwatch league started they had like they didn't have a lot of teams they didn't have a need to have that kind of a split cuz if they did that kind of a split what did they start out with did they start out with 20 i want to say I, I i don't I even think, think it was that less much than that, even. yeah i don't think it was even that much so they had the atlantic and the pacific which is fine Um, And it's sort of like, you know, East and West Atlantic Pacific. That's cool. Uh, They are splitting that even further, though. So uh, the Pacific Conference is being divided into Eastern and Western and the Atlantic Conference is breaking up into Northern and Southern. Um, And I like that idea. I like that idea a lot because if they do want to add new teams, they can like put them in their different conferences and they have more places to put them now. Um, Flanagan pointed out in the chat channel it was 12 12 teams at the start and 20 now. So yeah, they they started out with like a fairly small group of teams, but Overwatch League has kind of exploded. So um, I'm really pleased about this actually, because all it does is show growth to me. I'm just interested in yeah, they're it getting, definitely
0: shows growth,
2: yeah. They're getting big enough and popular enough that they can pull off this kind of thing. So we're kind of seeing this evolution of Overwatch League as like an official eSport and something that may transition. It's kind of um, transitioning to a point where it's sort of mimicking modern sports, like sports we think of, like baseball, football, that kind of thing. Overwatch League is one of those things that's kind of aping that model going forward. And I love the fact that they're doing so many homesteads next year. That's great because not everybody can travel to California. Not everybody can go to the state, you know, the One Stadium there. It was really cool this year when they decided to have some of the home games, but they were very limited as far as where they were located. And I think it's really cool that they're actually like they're doing more of them this time around. I'm wondering yeah. though because we do have teams that are obviously worldwide if these are all going to be, if all the homesteads are going to be in the U.S. or if they're actually going to do some international homesteads. Yeah, we don't which know that yet. would be rad. That would be so yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would, it would definitely be something I think that they, the ultimate goal that they've set out for in 2016 when they started this was to eventually have every team play from home at least a chunk of the time. Like they, they want do, the like they do to do it in the MLB in their home and, cities.
2: and in the NFL, you know, they have like home and away games. So you have home games where you're home for like a certain stretch of time and away games where you go somewhere else and you play on somebody else's turf. And yeah. if they can get to that point, Oh gosh, it'd be yeah, really the, the whole, great. It would be so great.
0: The the goal and the promise they made when they started the league was that eventually they would transition away from what it is right now? Well, right now, most of the games are played in the same spot in Los Angeles. There's that one place. You know, I they I know that they have the name. I can't remember the name. It's of just the, the Overwatch Lizard Arena. Studio. Yeah, it's just,
2: but... it's just the Overwatch Arena that they have there out in um. Burbank, Used to be Television City, is. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's out in Burbank. But the thing is, is like, don't get me wrong. That studio is amazing. It's beautiful. What they did with it, the staging and everything, and how they present it, and the you know the way the games are played out the way it looks on stream is just it's it's gorgeous but if you can't make it to california you're not and it's limited seating you know you, you can't get in there all the time that kind of thing so i'm just yeah i'm really excited about this i know i know that none of them are coming to colorado cuz there's no colorado team but you know <laughs> maybe someday <laughs> Maybe someday. Until that point, I, I'm really excited that they're expanding this. I fifty two events is a lot. Going from three to fifty two, that's crazy. Yeah. So, right yeah. now
0: right now, of course, there's still a lot of work to be done because mm-hmm. I think only one team has their you know the LA Valiant know where they're gonna be playing and nobody else does. Dallas, uh, Dallas no, has
2: like their yeah. own stadium yeah. place that they're playing in, but
0: But you know, of of the other and I teams. I think Atlanta
2: does too. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. So
0: so oh, there's God. there's a lot of work to be done. People need to, need to get venues and so forth. But it is encouraging to see them moving forward on that because that was something they promised when they first started this. But uh, we should probably talk about another Overwatch story, the uh, Summer Games event's back uh, for 2019. It's going to start, um, I believe it already started. I think it started yesterday. Uh, it's it starts July 16th.
2: 16th, yeah. It started yesterday and it runs through August 5th and there's a whole bunch of new cosmetics and things. What excites me is there's a different way to earn some of these things.
0: Can you explain that? Cause I read this article and I'm still going, huh? What, okay. What? I don't get it.
2: So each week of the event, cause there's, 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 you know, three weeks of the event or whatever. It's like week to week with the event, each event, you get a spray, an icon and an Epic skin that you can earn. So like the first week you'll get the shark attack spray at three wins and the punch Amari icon at six wins. And then you get the red, white and blue American Reaper skin for nine wins. Um, and quick play, competitive, arcade they all count towards that goal Um, you won't be able to buy these with your in-game currency at least not right now now who knows because when they do the Overwatch anniversary event every year they usually make all of the skins from previous holidays and things accessible so they might do it at that time but right now the way you earn these skins is you play the game Um, and this continues week by week throughout the event so each Each week has, like, a different challenge and a different skin and spray and icon that you can earn. Um, I'm really actually kind of excited about that because the thing is, is, like, holiday events, you'd get the events that you could play, which were great. And um, Lucio Ball is making a return, by the way. There's, you're going to be able to play Lucio Ball as well as Copa Lucio Ball. So Lucio Ball itself is just the traditional three versus three where you try and score a goal. And then the latter, Copa Lucio Ball, that's actually, uh, it's a competitive mode with skill ratings and everything in it. So both of those will be available to play, as usual. Um, And when they do the different holidays, they have these different events that you can play. Like, you know, they have, like, uh, Halloween always has, like, Junkenstein's Revenge, and you have, like, that little special map that you can play through, that kind of thing. Um, The Overwatch Archive events, they always have, like, something new to play through with that. But... To get the skins and get the cosmetics, you never really had to play. You just had to get, like, the loot boxes, and you could buy the loot boxes. Um, You didn't have to play the game. You could just buy the loot boxes and buy all the cosmetics if you wanted to. Yeah, it was RNG, but if you spent enough money, you could get them all and not even step foot in the game, which I get it, and that's kind of cool, I guess. But at the same time, it doesn't really encourage people to play the game. So I'm kind of excited that they're putting in skins that are specifically tied to gameplay and winning matches and stuff like that. It's not all of the holiday skins. There are a selection of holiday skins that you're going to be able to get through the loot boxes and everything else. Um, There's four new legendary skins. There's a Batiste highlight intro. There's some fancy emotes for Orisa and Zarya. Um, And of course, all of the games, all of the previous summer game skins that came out will be there if you miss them. You can go ahead and get them for like a cheaper price. Um,
0: Isn't there a Hammond skin where he is Lucio Ball? Like he's yeah, the Ball.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, that one I'm excited about. I'm also ex- excited about the fact that uh, <laughs> Torbjorn has this really great <laughs> swimsuit thing
1: with like water guns. Just, <laughs> he he looks ridiculous. It's fantastic. And then um, Hanzo Hanzo has like the board shorts and the little like goatee thing. He looks like he looks like Dad. He looks like dad at the beach, and I'm very excited
2: about that, too. Like, all of the skins for this event are really great, and um, I believe there's one with Genji where he looks like a goalie or something like that, if I remember right. Um, I could be wrong. That might be one of the other characters. I think it's Genji, though. Anyway, uh, those are going to be available, obviously, through August 5th. The special stuff that you can get, you can check them out on the official site because they'll go through like week by week and tell you what skins and sprays and that kind of thing are available. Um, the legendary skins are the ones that you can get from the loot boxes the ones the weekly ones they are epic skins they aren't the legendaries, so don't get too like pressed about it or anything It's okay you're still going to be able to get the cosmetics guys It's just that they're special cosmetics for if you go through and you play and you win so if you're playing overwatch right now. You're pretty much guaranteed to get, I mean, nine wins and you get a new skin on the first week, this week. Nine wins, you get a new skin. That's pretty cool. They haven't done that before. I actually really like that they're doing this, and I kind of hope that they continue to do this with other holidays. Because there are some people that they don't want to, like, play the loot box RNG game. And I totally get that. So having an actual goal that you can get by just playing the game... To me that's great and I I don't know how you feel about that but I don't know.
0: I think it's interesting because it makes me think that Blizzard is thinking about a post loot box future because yeah. there's a lot of controversy about loot boxes and there's lots of people who really hate them and making it so there's a different way or an alternate way to get stuff people want like so that you don't ever need loot boxes might be a smart move in terms of keeping the game going in the future. Now that we we know that there's a pretty good chance we're going to get some kind of Overwatch 2 coming up. I'm interested to see exactly how that game works, what it does, and how it approaches, you know, the loot box scenario. Because loot boxes were huge when Overwatch was being designed and when it came out. But it's been, like, what, three years now? And a lot of people really don't like them. So we're even seeing legislation about them. So, yeah, I think it could be interesting to see how that goes forward. If like, And if, Overwatch...
2: Uh, keep in mind, I'm, I'm not saying like loot boxes are bad or anything like that. They, I, I, they can be. I think that Overwatch is one of the games that kind of approaches it in an appropriate way. Can you purchase a loot box? Yes, but you can also earn the loot boxes just through playing the game. So if you don't want to spend money on loot boxes, all you got to do is play play to get to well, get boss, your loot.
0: Some games make them make it like so you get like actual power from yeah. the things. And, that's and Overwatch the other thing... has always studiously ignored that. You yeah, know. They that's don't the other
2: that. thing that I've appreciated about Overwatch is it's, they offer two ways to get them. Can you purchase them? Yes, you can purchase them. If you have the money to throw around and you want to spend it on loot boxes, go right ahead. Nobody's going to diss you too much for it. Because the thing is, the stuff that comes in those loot boxes, it's always cosmetic. It's never anything that's going to affect your gameplay. It's never anything that's going to enhance your performance. It's just cosmetic fun stuff. And I think that that's the right way to go about it. Um, And I also like the fact that you have a choice. You can spend money on it or you can just play the game and earn them that way. And that's fine. But there are some people that don't like the RNG element. Because just because you play the game and you get a loot box doesn't mean that loot box is going to contain anything that you don't already have. Or that you really, really want. You can't just grind loot boxes and say, I want this really cool tracer skin. I'm going to get a loot box. No, it could be like years before you ever see it pop out of a loot box. (laughs) So the fact that they are offering some skins just for gameplay, that makes me happy. Um, And I hope that they continue this trend. And I kind of hope that they keep doing it with like, each of the different events that come out where they do like this whole special themed week event thing where, you know, you get this many wins. Or if you do this certain thing, you will be guaranteed to get a skin because that gives people a goal to work towards. And it also gets them play in the game. You know, I don't see any problem with that.
0: No, I mean, that's the whole purpose of the game is to be played. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's an interesting approach for them to to go with. Uh, one last thing to talk about in terms of Overwatch this week. Um, news. One of the reports we got was interesting to me in that they're thinking about making the holiday maps, all the holiday maps, playable all year long. You would just be able to play them whenever you wanted to.
2: Yes. Uh,
0: which is which is a huge departure because holiday maps up to this point have definitely been a you get to play them at specific times type thing. Uh, but this is going to be, uh, from what I understand, it's the arcade? Is, it, is It's it through custom
2: games and workshop codes. Like you should, in in theory, they are looking to add the holiday maps to the map pool so that you can select them and make custom games with them and special maps and things like with them and mess around with them in the workshops because it just allows people that are being really creative with the workshop even more creativity. It gives them access to maps that they don't necessarily get access to. Um, and I like it. I like this idea. I like the fact that they're allowing people to do more stuff. Um, do I, do I think they should make it available on regular games? No, but the fact that they're letting people play with it in like custom games and things like that. Yeah. Let people play around. It's fun. People like playing in the sandbox. That's been, that's been shown.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely think for the workshop, the the more flexibility it has, the better. Like. And I definitely think, you know, letting people do like a Junkenstein map in the in the uh, workshop, and do your own crazy version of it. You know, just use the map to to do something else entirely. There's a lot of fun things you could do with that kind of thing. Or I'm hoping they also put in stuff like the the reprisal map or, you know, the various like King's Row and so forth. Is King's Row in yet? Or do you do you remember? Like, you know, if they can get if they can access King's Row right now. I'm not sure. That would be, cool. I'm not that sure. would be like a really the... cool map to play with.
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the things, the reason that this came up, and, and we didn't mention this, the reason that this came up is that there was a, a player that discovered that you could get into Winter Wonderland version of Blizzard World through custom games and workshop codes, and it was kind of a glitchy thing that you had to do, and you had to perform it just right, Um And you can, like, you know, go in, make your custom games, do your screenshots and things like that. Um, Kaplan came out and he said that it's a bug and it's going to be fixed. But while he was saying that, he said that holiday maps might not be exclusive to their events for long and that they're kind of looking into adding the holiday maps to the map pool so you can select them, you know, with the custom game system or the workshop system. So keep in mind that none of this is actually, like, confirmed confirmed, but since Kaplan was suggesting it, it we might see it come to pass and I would be really happy to see that come to pass because I I don't know about you I don't know how much you keep tabs on what people are doing with like workshop and things like that people are doing some really extraordinary stuff with the workshop you guys it's worth looking into Um, there's some crazy crazy things out there and if people could do stuff like you know pull up the Hanamura winter map um, and make a snowball fight and make that into like a custom game that kind of thing whenever they wanted It'd be cool. I don't know. That's just me.
0: I, I favor anytime there's anything like customis- customizable in a game, I favor it being as broad as possible. That's just my policy. Uh, last thing we can talk about, um, this one's kind of complicated, so I don't know how much we can actually go into, but it's worth at least mentioning. If you were paying attention to the Mythic World First race uh, last time, like around the time we were talking about Old Deer, and then we went into the uh, Bastion of Twilight and lore, Um method you know Bastion method of twilight sorry Bastion of twilight sorry Desire battle Lord. You
2: know, of disaster you know <laughs> <I'm laughs> and the like, other one you're going way I, back dude that's like i don't y'all. remember
0: <laughs> i don't remember the, the the other one involving you know head and his his squishy minions but oh
2: oh crucible storms
0: thank you crucible yeah. storms i couldn't remember the name but the important thing was when when you when method was doing all deer they partnered with red bull and they streamed the whole thing and you know, it was a pretty big deal a lot of people watched it people were really excited but they just released a post basically saying, yeah, we're not doing that again. And it's because Red Bull wanted to kind of just own the entire Mythic World First race and get everybody to sign with them and put it all through theirs. And that's not what we want to do. So we're not doing it. Um, so, that you know, that's something that's being discussed during this Mythic World First race, because I believe two other groups did sign with them uh, trying to figure out. Limit in pieces. Yeah, Limit and Pieces both did sign with Red Bull, and they're they're both streaming it through through Red Bull's site. The method is not, uh, and honestly, that to me is much less important than the fact that it's happening at all. Like I, I'm not particularly big on who's corporate sponsoring this, but I'm interested to watch it because you know it's it's it, as we're recording this, I believe that they're like three bosses into Mythic, if if yeah, they might and be I, further. Yeah,
2: I think when we finish broadcasting this show on Twitch, it's going to switch back to hosting Method, so. Uh, we yeah, we have been hosting method on our Twitch stream for people that are watching live right now you can tune in there um if you don't want to deal with message methods uh chat channel cuz if you get a little squirrely in there um the thing the thing about this and and i i'm I did some research to kind of understand what was going on. Method came up with this idea that they wanted to do the whole world first race and they wanted to like stream it and all that other stuff and they partnered with Red Bull basically to kind of help bring production value to the race and it was a huge success. Tons of people watched it and it brought back all this interest in like competitive rating and all of that and brought in a lot of views, a lot of subscriptions to individual players and People were able to like see what was going on in real time because prior to this when people were doing world first stuff you never really got to see what they were doing it most of the time and you and I you and I obviously you know we rated we weren't like in a top top guild or anything like that but we rated pretty competitively and the way mm-hmm. it always worked was you didn't tell anyone what you were doing and you didn't show it on a stream anywhere because you didn't want anybody stealing your strats and pulling it off successfully before you did so it was kind of this hush 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 thing where the top guilds would announce when they downed a boss and they wouldn't come out with a stream for it or a video for it until afterwards until after it was done and then you could go watch it on YouTube or whatever and it was pretty cool and it was neat watching them be all coordinated and stuff and that was great nobody had ever really done it live in real time in that kind of fashion within like the bigger raids. So when Method decided to do this, it was kind of a big deal, because everybody got to actually like take a look at what it takes to raid at that level, and take a look at these fights, and how insanely coordinated these guilds are, because they are. They super are. I mean, like I said, you and I were in a raid guild that was pretty successful for the small server that we were on, but we were nowhere near the level that these guys are. And it's just astonishing to watch them in action. So they brought in Red Bull as a sponsor to kind of help with the whole promotional aspect and make sure that they could get into everything. And regular players like flocked to this. They thought it was this really cool thing. And apparently from an advertising standpoint, it was so successful that Red Bull decided that they wanted more. Um, They wanted to take over the world first race by keeping all the streaming through Red Bull's channel instead of Method's channels. Keep in mind that Method wasn't like directly compensated by Red Bull for the event or anything like that. Red Bull just got like the product, you know, placement and all that other stuff and they got to deal with the whole production value thing. But when Method was streaming it, they were streaming it on their Twitch channel. So they got, you know, obviously they got revenue from Twitch, whatever they get from Twitch. I don't know what they get from Twitch. I don't know how revenue works on Twitch, says the person who's streaming on Twitch right now. That's really great. Anyway, uh, Red Bull wanted to take it, though, and put it on their stream, so Method wasn't, like, streaming anything directly and kind of, like, build it into their own event and, like, brand it as their own event. And that wasn't cool, because this was something that Method came up with, you know? Um, I certainly understand
0: why they wouldn't want to do it. Yeah,
2: and and, yep. and removing individual player streaming, removing the ability to stream on, like, guild channels and things like that, that cuts into their revenue. So Red Bull would be, like, taking all of this over and taking. And there was a question of whether or not Method would be compensated for any of it at all. But a lot of it, keep in mind that a lot of this, the reason this was so successful is that people were following individual player streams and things like that out of this. People were following, like, they were keeping up with there was a lot to be had out of it in terms of like new subscribers and that kind of thing. And what Red Bull was suggesting would kind of take all of that away. So I understand, like I understand why method had a problem with this. Um Limit and pieces opted to work with Red Bull. They decided that they would go ahead and work with Red Bull. And the thing is, is like, I don't blame them for doing so. Cause Method is a really big guild, you guys. Method has been around. How long has Method been around?
0: Oh, God. Um, they were they were pushing on Karash. I mean, you know, they were like... They
2: have a they reputation, in, in... like a big, yeah. established reputation.
0: When, when nobody could kill um, Cthune. C'thun, they were the ones who figured out you could go, you could use a trinket to push the debuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was a trinket or a pet, you could use that to push the debuff off and you could stay in the stomach long enough to actually kill it and, get, and push the Wasn't phase. that
2: when they were using the Luffa or am I thinking wrong?
0: Not the Luffa. It was okay. uh, something else because it was a poison debuff. that they. Oh were yeah, because
2: push- the Luffa was a bleed. That's right. Yeah,
0: they, they were just pushing it off. The Luffa didn't really get, no one abused the Luffa until Karazhan. Yeah. That was when, when Moros, you could use this. With the bleed level- effect.
2: With the yeah. Garot. Yeah.
0: You could clear that off with this level 50 trinket. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh and god. Everybody no.
2: was
1: going back to do that quest. Everybody that skipped yep. it was going back to do that quest. It was pretty great. Um, but yeah, so and then they Method, nerfed that Method's trinket. Around, that's yeah. that's besides the point.
2: Yeah. yeah. Method Method's has been around forever. Forever. So they're they they are very well established within the community everybody knows who method is and if you don't know who method is then probably you don't pay attention to rating at all if you pay attention to rating if you pay attention to the races and things like that you know who method is limit and pieces are newer they haven't been around as long and they don't have that gigantic established audience that already exists so I really don't blame them for choosing to take advantage of this offer. I mean, it's a good offer. It's just what what method would have gotten out of it wouldn't have been enough to compensate for the fact that Red Bull was essentially taking away their event. So there's two different events that are kind of running right now. I guess, like... Method is running their own stream, and Red Bull is running their own stream, and everything is going fine. It's fine. Uh, Method is going to be streaming with Take TV. They're hosting a selection of guilds. Red Bull is streaming with Limit and Pieces, as well as some other guilds, and then some guilds are streaming with both productions. It's it's all over the place. It's all over the place, and I don't really, like I said, I can't really hold Method at fault for being upset about this, because it's like, you know, this was like their their baby. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they 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 pulled in somebody to help them put on an event and the event went over so well that that somebody that they pulled in said, "Hi, we're just going to take this over." And Method was like, "Wait, no." <laughs> so I get it. I get it. But I also I also get where Limit and Pieces are coming from cuz they're getting they're getting the exposure and they're building up the reputation and they have Red Bull backing them. So okay, it's cool. It's all good. Meanwhile, the race is still ongoing. Um, I believe Method and Limit are both four of eight right now.
0: Yeah, I think that they, have, they caught up while we were doing the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, nobody has downed Ashvane yet, I don't think. So everybody's still working on it. Um, streams are still ongoing. I fully expect that Ashara as will be downed by next week, if not within you know the next few days. We'll see. It's it's always a fun race to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Wait, hold up. I take it back because we did just get an update from the chat channel that apparently Ashvane is down. Uh, Method got world first on Ashvane, and then Limit got world second just a minute ago. So they're moving on. It looks like it's just between Limit and Method at this point, but I imagine everybody else is pretty close behind.
0: Yeah, that's how it was the last couple of times. I don't know if it was Limit or Pieces last time that was really giving them trouble.
2: Pieces, I think. I think yeah. pieces was actually being like super, super competitive, and so was limit. Um, they're usually like right on each other's tail. So it's it's. I I watch these like I watch the in between fights kind of occasionally, but once they get to that final boss, I'm glued to it. So like when they were all fighting Jaina, I was watching that, and when they all get to Ashara, I'm going to be watching that because that's just going to be exciting. <laughs>
0: Just watching the fight on Normal was pretty hectic, so I can't imagine what it's going to yeah. be like on Mythic.
2: I don't but. know. I don't know, but I'm excited to find out.
0: <laughs> but at this point, we should probably move on to the, their emails that we do every so often. So if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at com with a subject line, a podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's this show. And uh, if you're a Patreon contributor, by the way, we do take questions from our Discord Uh, from patrons we like to make sure we get some of those in the show as well there's a a patron only channel
2: where you can submit those
0: yeah so keep that in mind if you've decided you want to get something on the show but you don't want to write an email maybe you just don't like emails i don't know i'm not judging you uh but yeah Anne's going to read them for us so Anne, if you don't mind
2: okay our first one here is from demon that's that's good did you actually get that name on your server because that's a that's a catch. Anyway, uh, Demon is an arcane mage on Emerald Dream who says, "'Hi, max level-only zones. Why didn't battle for Azeroth launch with one? I loved Suramar and Legion and Veil of Eternal Blossoms and Mists of Pandaria. It gave me something beyond the initial zones to look forward to and achieve from the get-go.'" Happy we have new zones in 8.2. However, this feels very non Jungle-like in terms of timing. I hate to bring up anything Warlords of Draenor related. That's okay, Demon. We talk about that every now and again. Anyway, they said, thoughts on max level only zones at launch. Thanks, Demon.
0: I think the way that they were thinking, if I remember correctly, was that for each faction, the other faction zones would be your max level zones.
2: Kind of, yeah.
0: Yeah, like you weren't going to be leveling in them. But you were gonna do there were gonna be some quests to get you over there and get you introduced, and then when you know once you hit one twenty that other the other faction your war campaign would take you over there and you'd be doing stuff in those zones. I think that was the goal I don't know yeah i, I don't feel like it really replaced Surmar I think Surmar had a had a place in so many players' hearts that it ended up not quite feeling the same because Surmar was a place that you just plain old didn't go to until you. You were max level. You just didn't go there. There wasn't any point. So I think in retrospect, they probably should have tried to have a zone before now. Like instead of having Mechagon and Nazjatar both launch at the same time, it might've been better if one of those two zones was out there. I don't think it would have been Nazjatar, obviously, but maybe if Mechagon had been waiting the whole time, that would have been cool. I don't know. I'm I'm not, I think I like the way it worked out, but I get why people are a little, people who really love Surmar wanted another one. And I understand that.
2: And to me, Suramar was perfection. I loved every minute of it. I loved the fact that when you got to max level, there was an entire zone's worth of quests, like honest to goodness quests, not world quests or anything, but like quest lines to play through and things to do and intrigue going on and a progressive storyline. And I thought that was so amazing. And I think that while I did love don't get me wrong, I did love Veil of Eternal Blossoms and Missa Pandaria. It was a lot of daily quests. It was, it was just, it was a lot of daily quests with some story sprinkled in. Suramar was, Suramar was like bigger than that. It was an entire leveling zone that they had just kind of reserved, put on hold for when you hit max level and let you play through it. And I really liked that approach. I thought that it was as close to perfection as you could get for Endgame. It wasn't included in a patch, but while people were playing through Suramar, Blizzard was working on the patch. And the patch wasn't... Keep in mind, like when we went back to Broken Shore, yeah, there was a lot of stuff to do on Broken Shore, but it was nothing on the level. It was nothing on the level of Suramar. Um, And I think it wasn't really until we got to Argus that we got back to the whole level of Suramar thing, which was fine. And it worked really well, and it played out beautifully. Am I kind of sad that Battle for Azeroth didn't have the same thing? Yeah, because I was hoping when they said... When they said, because they said initially, and you're right, Rossi, they said initially was that Alliance would level on Kul Tiras, and then at max level, they would go to Zandalar and do stuff there, and vice versa. The Horde would level on Zandalar, and they would go to Kul Tiras afterwards and play out stuff there. The things that they have played out were pretty much just the war campaign, and then there are world quests and invasions and things that send you out there, which is fine, but it wasn't... Don't get me wrong, I like the war campaign. I think it's pretty cool to have like this overarching quest chain that just plays out over the course of the expansion. I think from a narrative standpoint, it's really cool to have that major thread that's sort of pulling along, even as you're doing all of this other side stuff. I think that's pretty cool, and I think it helps keep the story kind of on a directed path, which is what we need, without turning it into... um, cataclysm because cataclysm was very much amusement park ride <laughs> like you had you had to play through certain stones and you had uh, zones and you had to play through certain quests to get to the next quest and, and it just kind of led you through the, it, it felt a little more static this feels a little more dynamic do i think it's on the same level as Surmar? no do i think it's as disappointing as warlords of draenor was no i i think it's good i think it could have been better um, and I'm hoping that future expansions, maybe they'll go back to that Suramar model for something, because I really loved it, and I wasn't the only one.
0: No, it was very popular. I mean, yeah. even people like me who didn't like it as much recognized that it was extremely popular. A lot of players liked it quite a bit. And uh, I do uh, think that it had, the, it had the benefit of feeling, like, unchecked. Like, the war campaign, when you go to the zones to do the war campaign quests, they're very static. You go there, you do quests, and you're done. Surmar, you could spend as much or as little time as you wanted in it. If you wanted to be there for five minutes, you could be. If you wanted to be there for like, you know, the entirety of your night, you could be. And it wasn't always progression stuff too, it was just getting to see things. So I definitely think that they might go back towards that direction in the future. I'm surprised they didn't actually, to be honest.
2: as a rogue player, that place was my playground and I loved it to bits. Absolutely loved it. Um Yeah. I kind, of, I kind of wish we could get that level again and I'm kind of hoping that maybe they will reincorporate something like that because to me it feels a little bit like you remember how much we love scenarios in Mists of I did
0: yeah they were great and we
2: thought they were amazing and they were like the best thing and we were lo- really looking forward to seeing what they did with them again and then they just like dropped it entirely in favor of like incorporating them into like storylines and stuff and it never quite packed the same punch as far as like gameplay value it feels yeah, like was, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really kind of amazing how they they just stopped doing scenarios the way they were because they were like so big in Mists of Pandaria and so useful.
2: It also feels it like, like you know uh, yeah. you, you know how we talked about um, oh my gosh Operation Dumbo Drop whatever the heck the. Uh, the dominance oper- offensive The Dominance oh, yeah. Offensive and, and um, Operation Shield Wall, that's what it was. I'm <laughs> like Operation yeah, Dominance. Anyway,
0: <laughs>
2: Bill Murray had nothing to do with this. Anyway, uh, uh you know how when that came out we talked about how that was the way to do a rep grind because it kept us invested like the whole way through the fact that you like you ground the rep through these daily qu- and then you would get like this little chunk of story and as you progressed, you get more and more chunks of story and the story was really entertaining and we thought that was the best way to do a rep grind and then they never did it that way again
0: no no They've
1: come it's like that
2: close, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes it feels like they experiment more than they need to
2: yeah And when they hit something that seems to be like the pinnacle of perfection, they just let it go. The thing is, is like, yes, would something like Suramar get tired if they kept doing it every single expansion? Yes, absolutely. But they could do it for a couple. I mean, come on. They pulled the mission table. Yeah,
0: we've had the mission table for three expansions now, guys. And I'm getting tired of it. Like... Yeah, I don't want to see it again. Uh, We could could retire the mission table now. That's fine. Yeah,
2: yeah. So... I, I would, I would like to see it come back. I would like to see that model come back, that Suramar model, because I thought it was really extraordinary and and it was this really entertaining story. It, it had a point, there was a nice big triumphant resolution to it all. And then we got stuff out of the end of it. I mean, the Nightborne turned into an allied race. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, they didn't go with the Alliance and that I still kind of frowny face about that a little bit, but at the same time, it does make sense that they went with the Horde from a narrative standpoint and I do get it. Um I just I feel like I feel like they could do something like that again and it would be great, you know? I miss it. Anyway, those are my two thoughts on that matter. Let's go ahead and answer one more email here while we still got time, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, this one is from Cyvis of Dethicus, who has emailed us before. Hello, Cyvis. who says, Greetings, watchers. During the war campaign, Mag- Magister Umbrick bemoans the artificial grass and fake nature of the goblins in Ashara. Did he forget all of Kel'Thalas' magically artificial thoughts?
0: He didn't forget that because it's not true. It, well, okay. There's a difference between plastic grass and managed areas and using magic to maintain an area the grass is still real yeah it's still grass it's just that they use magic to sculpt and shape the land uh it's not and yeah we don't think of that as natural but tonight to to blood elves slash high elves magic is the same thing as breathing Everything is magical. They live in a magical wonderland. That's what they, that's, they made it that way on purpose because that's how they view it as natural.
2: They've spent centuries soaking in the energies of the sun. Well, yeah. So it's part of who they are.
0: Do they, you know, is it a little hypocritical? I guess you could make the case that it is, but I think that to, to Umbric and to others, like I'm sure, you know, if you asked, say Lorthamar, he'd tell you the same thing. It's still grass. You know, I'm, I go to when I go to like Quailtholos I smell the trees I feel the breeze it's it's a real place this is not you know going on a plastic lawn to to hit a ball
2: it's a difference different. between trimming a hedge so it looks aesthetically pleasing and putting down astroturf
0: yeah or say let's say you know if you went whole totally nuts there's, like, those massive botanical gardens where, like, all these different kinds of plants are planted. And, and they're kept alive cultivated, with lighting, cultivated yeah, yeah.
2: greenhouses all, but and things all like this,
1: that.
0: There's still real plants. Like, you know, the tree may not naturally live there, and it may be cultivated within an inch of his life, but it's still a tree. It's not a chunk of plastic with, like, plastic leaves on the top and a sprinkler that shoots water on you as you walk past it. I mean, they're different things.
2: Basically, the blood elves went to a local... Well-established greenhouse that has been around for like thousands of years, and picked carefully, picked out which plants they thought were prettiest, and set them up in a way that they thought was aesthetically pleasing, and then kind of altered the landscape so that it looked like that year round, so that you know it'd be it always have this really pretty. But it was all trees and stuff, and um, the goblins went to Walmart and went to the whole lawn and garden section and got a bunch of inflatables
1: <laughs> called
2: today.
0: Yeah. The difference between astroturf and a real, you know, grass field.
1: Like I said, it's like it's a difference between trimming a hedge so that you know it's round and it looks nice. It's it's like you know aesthetically pleasing, or just throwing down some plastic turf and saying, "Yeah, it's green. It works. (laughs) It works until you step on it."
0: (laughs) Plus, I mean, is anyone ever surprised that any any variation of high slash blood slash void elf is a bit snooty?
1: Yeah, I was. I, I mean, was come gonna, on, guys. I was just going to point that out. It's like it's totally in character. <laughs> it's a boo-boo. Yeah, um, and honestly, I I don't I don't think that Umbrick is at all out of place here. Um, the goblin turf does look pretty ridiculous. Do I think it's funny? Yeah. Do I think it's in character? Yeah. Do I think it's
2: pretty? No, not really. <laughs> But it works. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Let's do one more. Um, And this one is from Voldan, a Zandalari troll druid from Asgalore, who says, Greetings, watchers. While questing in Nazjatar, I will occasionally get a very Darren DePaul sounding whisper talking about the burden I am carrying or calling me things like Thief. Renegade, murderer, servant. I never got the eye of Nazath cleansed. So is this the payoff for that, or are folks that opted for the toy getting the whispers too? Thanks, Voldan.
0: No, it's you, dude.
2: It's yeah, you 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 chose to be his buddy, so he's just you know.
0: This is his idea of friendly conversation. <laughs> he's
1: just
2: <laughs> he's just having a chat with you. <laughs>
1: This is this is his idea of friendly banter. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> but yeah, if you didn't cleanse the eye of Nizoth, you you're going to get weird voices and whispers and things like that. You know, I mentioned this. I mentioned this on um was it Mitch's Twitter feed? I think it was Mitch's Twitter feed. I got to find it now cuz it Okay, you talk while I find this, please. Okay.
0: Uh yeah, do you guys remember back in AQ when you'd go in and your heart will explode. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart will explode. Your friends will abandon you. Or he'd say it just like my wife and I would be playing in the same room at that time. So over her speakers, you'd get your heart will explode. And over my speakers, you'd get your friends will abandon you. And it sounded like he was saying your friends would explode or your heart would abandon you. So, yeah, that was it's that kind of thing. Old gods, not chatty. They don't really know how to do small talk. It's like, you know, oh, hey, Yark, how you doing? We'll you will all die in the madness. Of the... OK, then. Right. You're still that. Okay, there. Yeah, well, we'll talk more later, buddy. Yeah, you you just... You keep on being you, you multiple eye-mouthed monster freak thing. It's just... Yeah, it's great. It's great okay, what you're doing. Okay,
2: so this is... It might be a little bit spoilery because I'm going to talk about, like, the end cinematic for the raid, but that's been out for a while, right?
0: A couple of weeks, yeah.
2: A couple of weeks. If you haven't seen that yet, maybe go watch it. Or maybe just cut out of the show at this point because we're nearing the end of the show anyway and come back after you've seen it and experienced it for yourself but uh, there's a bit that Mitch mentioned on Twitter where he said <laughs> and this was kind of cute he said all eyes shall be opened is actually just foreshadowing the release of an Eyes of nazas Snapchat filter which I thought was pretty funny but I that that phrase the whole all eyes shall be opened to me I'm thinking, and and maybe I'm maybe I'm way off base here. I don't know, but I'm thinking that everybody who decided, like legit, decided to keep the eye of Nizoth and like keep it on them. This is going to lead into a pre-expansion event in which all of those players will suddenly turn hostile, in kind of um, something similar to the whole Wrath zombie invasion thing. And they're all going to turn hostile because they're on the N'Zoth's side and we're going to have to deal with it. And it's going to be this whole pre-expansion pl- event thing that takes place at the dawn of the new Black Empire. I'm saying it now. I'm making a prediction. I think that's what's going to happen because something has to happen with this.
0: I think you're right, although I don't know if it's going to be an expansion or a patch.
2: I think it is. I feel like Blizzard has shown that they are like willing would to make do a really re- big stuff. Yeah, I feel like it would make a really, really cool pre expansion event. I'm just saying, because the zombie event, the zombie thing from Wrath was like one of the best pre expansion events that they ever had. It was so good. I feel like this is a way to do that. <laughs>
1: And sort of let those players know, the ones that kept the mark, hey, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all, and maybe now you should be cleansed. You want
0: the consequences of your choices, you've said. Here they are! Here they
1: are! Everybody hates you. <laughs> you, I, I, just, I, you. I feel like that would make a really fun pre-expansion event, and I also feel like everything that we have done to date and everything that we are doing is leading
2: towards something that is like, an expansion worthy idea rather than just another patch. I don't think Nizoth I think all the years that we have spent building to Nizoth I don't think he's something that we can just relegate to a patch. I feel like I feel like he is worthy of an expansion and I feel like Darren DePaul is worthy <laughs> of playing a villain a major villain in an expansion and I, I just I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. Anyway, um, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, I mean, I definitely I agree with you that he certainly could carry an expansion. It's just that, to me, Blizzard keeps showing that they're willing to take an idea that I think should be an entire expansion and use it as the last a patch cycle. Yeah. The problem here is that we have so many potential options for what the next patch is going to be, and I think since we just had Ashara as the big mid-tier raid boss, like the end boss for the, the middle of the expansion raid, I don't think they're going to want to have her come back so fast as next patch, which is why that's why I'm cautiously optimistic that the next patch won't be Nazoth. It won't be the Black Empire, because that would mean for one thing, it would mean that one of the three Warbringers doesn't get dealt with. And I think the Warbringer shorts, they've all played into the expansion. We've seen those characters, except for Sylvanas. We haven't do, seen much of anything with Sylvanas' expansion, so do, I think do, do you know the next I, patch is, is Sylvanas, and then afterwards we're gonna see off.
2: Do you, do you want to know? Do you want to know what I hope we see in the next patch? Sure. It's far fetched, but well, maybe not so far fetched because um, this has been an ongoing. Hey, that person popped up again. Um, you know how we have um, Talia and, and and her dad, <laughs> who's mm-hmm. who, who's currently sitting on a frozen throne and doing some dubious things. I feel like I feel like that needs to kinda of come to a head and I feel like that would actually dovetail in with what's going on with Sylvanas, um, exceptionally well. Um, and there's also the stuff with Calia Menethil that came up in Before the Storm that still hasn't really been she was mentioned once by name. I think by name. I know Jaina referenced her when she was yeah. talking to um her brother and said I have somebody I can take you to. It's a, it, it, the assumption is that she took him to Calia.
0: I don't remember if this was just data mind or if it's actually been implemented, mm. but I'm pretty sure there was like a, an Anduin conversation where she mentions, uh, you know, tell me what would happen to Kalia. Yeah. Something like that. But I don't remember if it actually went live or if it was just data mind.
2: Yeah. Um. So I feel like, I feel like after all of this and after everything that goes down, We're going to have to retreat, because there's no way we can confront that immediately. We've got to retreat, and we've got to figure out our stuff. Because when we fought Cthulhu, the Alliance and Horde came together on the sands of Silithus and formed this massive army that Saurfang was at the head of. Isn't this interesting that we're back at the point where it's like we need to confront another old god, and one of the major players and everything that's going on right now is Saurfang? when he was the one that led the charge last time we, we like, united to go up against an old god. I I just, I, everything's kind of tying together in a way, in my head, and I'm like, ooh, there's so many strings here that could be pulled, and I'm not sure which ones they're going to go with, but they have so many choices to make here. Um, I don't think it's one of those things where we can just say, okay, we're working together, we need to tackle this and get done with it now, 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 now. I I, I don't think Nizoth is going to be that easy. I don't think that Nizoth is going to be Uh, uh, just a one-shot boss in in a single patch and I feel like now that he is awake and he is free he has a method of reaching the other ones that we've already defeated and we might see them come back again too because they aren't dead we can't kill them they aren't dead they've been defeated that's it so I don't know. I just I I feel like like I said, Rise of the Black Empire would make a really cool expansion title. I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) No, I don't disagree. I do think it's it makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially since we've everything we've seen so far, the old God stuff. I do think when Blizzard said that this is not going to be an old God expansion, they did mean it. It doesn't mean that the old gods aren't present. They're not active. But I don't think this is the expansion where we really deal with them. So, but we'll see. I mean, this is the have expansion, no idea what the kind of patches yet.
2: I feel like this is the expansion where we have to deal with the faction war and figure out what to do after that is dealt with and how the Alliance and Horde are going to handle each other because, quite frankly, there are bigger things to worry about. And in that whole conversation that Jaina and Thrall had, where they said, we've been through this before. We've done this before. What's changed? And Jaina said, us. I, 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 I think that this is the moment where we make that choice and where we see where things are going to go I don't know if they're going to get rid of the factions I don't, I don't think they are but I think that how those faction factions work is, is going to change in a really significant way and I also feel like if they want to bring a dynamic shift to the game on the level of the group finder and the raid finder and everything else, this would be a way to introduce the possibility of cross-faction grouping and cross-faction gameplay on a level where it doesn't matter if your alliance or horde, you guys can go ahead and team up and raid together. You don't need to transfer factions anymore. You guys can just play with each other. Because that's what they seem to be embracing, and it's what they have been gradually embracing as time went on. That's why they did the group finder was so that more people could play together. That's why, you know, when they had like the whole introduction of the the Battle.net thing and being able to chat with people across, you know, all of that, all of that, they've been pushing this whole idea of gaming as a social thing. And there are days where I want to play solo, but there are also days where I'm like, gosh, I'd really like to group with my friend, but they're Horde and I'm Alliance or vice versa. And there's nothing to be done about that. So, I don't know. This is probably more thought than needed to be put into.
0: (laughs) No, I I think in general, I would agree with almost all of that. One of the things I think that really does happen at the end of this expansion is not necessarily that the game changes in a way where it doesn't feel like the same game. But after 15 years, the 15th anniversary is coming up hard. It's going to be this November. After 15 years, I think we can say we gave the Horde alliance faction split it's time we gave it 15 years it's not contributing anything anymore i mean it doesn't make me happy you know what i'm saying to to not be able to play with a friend because they're horde or because i'm horde or whatever and i do think that it's time to to dial down the faction conflict so i can go play my horde character without feeling like a genocidal maniac i don't want to have to i want them to back that they made some choices to push the faction conflict to the fore that make it really hard for certain players to play certain factions. And I think it's time to make it less dominant so people can just enjoy playing the game.
2: Um, That that would be something I'd say. It it would also handily eliminate that whole horde bias, alliance bias thing and let them just write the story.
1: (laughs) Just write the story without having to like you know, mess around with, okay, well, if the Horde gets this, then we should give the Alliance something or did it. No, let's just give everybody everything and make it as
2: amazing as possible. I I just, it's it's time. It's time. Time to stop playing the mirror game. It has been 15 years. Wow, I'm old. It's been 15 years. (laughs) It's
1: yeah, I it's do. Time. I think it's time.
0: Yeah, it... it's time to stop playing the mirror game. Mm-hmm. It's time to stop having an orc and a human looking at each other in a window and doing the same hand gestures. Yeah. It, it's just let's let's go to the next step. Let's be like that orc and that human in the end of that that end of Mr. Pandaria cinematic where they're just sitting in a bar drinking afterwards. Going, did you see that panda? Let's let's just be those guys now. It's time.
2: That was one of my favorite things that come out of Mr. Pandaria, and I know it was just like a a brief little funny ha ha and end point like cap on the whole expansion or whatever but i really enjoyed that they were just sitting in a bar going it was a panda
1: <laughs> what the f was that i don't <laughs> know man just... i don't
0: know i remember back when it was just my me and you trying to kill each other i still yeah, simpler
1: times yeah i still the the uh the opening cinematic for miss pantaria is still one of my favorites we <laughs> have you know Crusty McBeefcake and Mr. Orc
2: just like duking it out, and then Chen shows up. It, I, it was perfect. Anyway, um, we should probably stop it here though because we're running a little over time, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean we had some interruptions.
2: Mm-hmm. Blizzard Watch It's made possible due to the generous contributions At patreon.com slash blizzardwatch And your continued support means that this podcast site And community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits Like early access to the podcast Including, like I mentioned before You get the uncut podcast You also get a better chance at having your question answered On our podcast or the queue And you get an ad-free site experience
0: Thank you, Ian. Uh Guys, again, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys so much for being here with us every week. Um, we love doing the show, and we're really glad to get to talk about, you know, various Blizzard games because we're good at it. Thank you guys so much, and we'll be here next week.